This is the Demand Excellence Podcast with Jonathan Guess, head football coach of the Eagles Landing Christian Academy on the south side of Atlanta. Coach Guess is the author of the book, Demand Excellence, on and off the field. And he is the creator and founder of the website, redeemthegame.com. The goal of the Demand Excellence Podcast is to encourage, equip, and entertain Christian leaders and coaches across the world. All right, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great day. Today on the podcast, I interview Coach Daniel Niebuhr. Coach Niebuhr is a coach out in Texas. He's been in public school for most of his career. Now he's in a Christian private school. But he and I kind of got to know each other on Twitter because he has the same values and has this, he thinks the same way that I think when it comes to music and what we are teaching our kids and what we're selling our kids and music is extremely harmful so before you listen to the show I don't want you to get offended because everything that I'm talking about through the podcast is we're talking about redeeming the game of football or whatever it is that you do, redeem it. And what does redeem mean? What does redemption mean? Well, redemption was when Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for our sins. And and when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, He takes our dead hearts, our hearts of stone that are selfish and full of pride and evil and lust and all of this sin, and He redeems our hearts and He shows us the truth. And so what we're trying to do, me and Coach Niebuhr, in, in, in the football world, rap music is the culture. And I grew up loving rap music. I, I, like, I loved all types of music, but I grew up loving rap music. And rap music, if you'll just pay attention to the lyrics, it is harmful to our kids. And that's what Coach Niebuhr and I are talking about. And don't get offended. Go read the lyrics. We're asking you to redeem the music. And there are Christian artists out there, Christian rappers out there, who are redeeming the music. We need to play things that build up and edify, not things that destroy our uh, players. And so that's what Coach Niebuhr and I are talking about, and we're very passionate about it. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm just reading the lyrics, and there's no way I can play this music for my guys. And I'm trying to find healthy alternatives. We want to redeem the game of football, and that starts with redeeming the music that we allow our players to listen to. When When I first surrendered my life to Christ, one of the first convictions that the Holy Spirit convicted me of was the music that I listened to. He's like, there's no way you can live a life for my glory and my honor and serving me listening to this trash. And that's what the Holy Spirit convicted me of. And so that's what we're trying to do is trying to show you all you coaches, please don't play this for your players. Um, Coach Niebuhr is an awesome guy, very dynamic. I'm glad I got to know him. Strong Christian man. He also has something that's pretty cool. uh, You can find it on Facebook, Breakthrough Fitness and Performance. And I've been playing on, looking at his uh, website or Facebook site breakthrough fitness and performance it's also on twitter at breakthrough b-r-e-a-k-t-h-r-u-f-b breakthrough um it is it is very good stuff very good information for strength and conditioning and fitness and performance um and see 
And uh, you spell his name, you can find him on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, and then Niebor is N-I-E-B-O-R. Coach, appreciate you being on the podcast. Got a lot of respect for you. I hope everybody enjoys the podcast. You and I are philosophically the same when it comes to coaching. You know, through your Twitter, I kind of notice some things that you you post, and I can tell you use the game. You know, you might say it a little different than me, but I use the game as a tool to preach Christ and to build men. Um, it's the objective is not to just win, it's to help these kids be winners. And you and I started having a discussion when I put out a podcast one time about be careful of the music that you allow your players to listen to. And since that time, Coach, I started a website called Redeem the Game. It's, it's redeemthegame.com. Awesome. And, uh, you know, so if you ever have any good stuff for me to put on there, you ever want to write anything, please do. But bottom line is that's what we're trying to do, redeem the game. And, and it's the same thing with the music. The stuff that the kids are listening to is trash. But you have a unique story because you left the school that you were at because you were so conflicted with what was being played for the kids. Talk about that a little bit. So I was in a program that I had been in previously – uh, but the, there was a coaching change that went on, and I, I, I moved on, you know, down the road and ended up coming back to that school. And so I didn't really know completely what I was getting into in terms of what the coach's philosophy was. And he had talked a lot about character development and, and that type of a thing. But uh, it seemed to me that what was most important to him was doing things that were you know, what we would say relevant to the kids and doing things that would, would get them to get um, hype or pumped up or excited or whatever it might be. So we were on the, the practice field one day and we would pull out one of those portable speakers for practice so the kids could be excited during practice. And we just kind of let the kids have free reign of the kind of music that they played during practice. And I've, I've been in tune with, with music for a long time, even, even as a teenager. So I, I always know what the lyrics are saying. And so I started listening to the lyrics that were being played from the song. And, and I went over to the kid. I was like, you need to, you need to tra- change that song. And so he changed the song and the song comes on. And it's another song that has, you know, questionable lyrics. I was like, you need, to, you need to change that too. And so after I do this probably two, maybe three times, one of the other assistant coaches comes over and he says to me, kind of half jokingly, he says, what are you, the morality police or, or something? And I said, I said, if I, if I need to be, I said, we can't, we can't be out here having these kids listen to music that's talking about drugs or strip clubs or shooting people and that kind of stuff. And so that was the first incident that I had there. Well, then another time during our, during our off, no, it was during the season still, um, we were in the weight room and their music going on is being played. And um, I don't know if you're familiar at all with Rick Ross, but he's a pretty pop- popular rapper from Florida. And one of the lyrics that he, w- he was singing in his song or rapping in his song, he's saying that I-, I drink lean and it helps me sleep. Well, if you know anything about drug culture, lean is basically um, uh, Sprite with, with codeine um, cough syrup in it. And so we're playing this in the weight room and the coach who's in charge of the music is actually like singing along to the, to the song. And so I didn't know whose music it was. And I just went over and I changed the song on the, 
on the on the phone that was plugged in and it became a, a problem between me and that coach and i was like He's like, I'm following the instructions of the head coach for, to play music that gets the kids pumped up, play music that the kids like. And so that's what I'm doing. And I was like, man, I, I can't I can't be in good conscience, be a part of, of this. And so at the end of that year, I, I left that program. Man, that is so crazy. And, you know, when we talk about redeeming the game. It's so it's so like the game is so stupid in the and how we view it like. I need to play trash music so this guy can get pumped up and be ready to play. But all game long, there is no music being played. In, in the fourth quarter, if you're down by three and you got to go score a touchdown to win, there's no music being played to pump you up. Uh, I mean, Absolutely. it's, it's got to come from within. But I think that's – I think where – I think you and I both want to convince high school coaches – but even college coaches, even NFL coaches, you say you want to have this great culture, and culture is such a buzzword. And but then yeah, you're right. playing this music that is telling your kids to smoke weed. It's disrespecting women. It's talking about guns and shooting people. It's talking about jail, and it's glorifying these things. What can we do to, to get the message out to coaches like you are destroying your players? I feel like one of the biggest things is what exactly what you're doing and what we're talking about is, is shedding light on, on the subject, you know, because maybe people, I don't know, or just don't understand that it's a, it's a problem or that it's an issue. And so when we bring these things to light and we talk about it and we, you know, we talk with each other and we start asking questions, then maybe people will start to consider it, you know? And I think that one of the, I guess, quite honestly, one of the cop-outs that coaches will use is that they will say, well, I don't, I don't understand what they're saying anyway, or I don't, I don't listen to that music anyway. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. And I feel like as, people who are in charge of and being being trusted with the development of young men, it's our business to know what's going on. It's our business to know what, they, what they're listening to. It's our business to know what they're watching on, you know, on their phones and the, you know, what they're, what's going on and, and really in popular culture because popular culture is what is, is the, the dominant culture of the day. You know, even at, at Christian schools like you and I are at, we still have kids that are, are really drawn to, what popular culture is doing and saying. And so it's important for us to know what, what they're up against, you know, and shed light on those things. Well, I think too, like it's, it's leadership as the head coach or as the defensive coordinator or as a, as the assistant coach, you've been put in a leadership position and you now have influence over the players that you coach and you can't, you can't claim ignorance. You can't claim, well, I don't know what's being said or I don't know this, that. You, leadership is, is, is demanding excellence, not to, not to throw that term out there, but <laughs> that's what I say all the time. It's demanding excellence in all areas of your program. It's demanding excellence in what your kids are hearing. And it's, it's showing that there's a better way. But here's the deal, though, man. We're, we're fighting an uphill battle that I don't know if we can win but we're still going to do what we're supposed to do because God has called us to be a light for Jesus Christ. But, you know, you have the NFL who signs this big contract with Jay-Z 
And I don't have a problem with the contract being to shed light on, um, you know, discrimination and social justice issues or social injustice issues. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the music <laughs> that Jay-Z puts out there. And um, yeah. so it's like, all right. I understand that, that we're going to raise awareness for social injustice and that's a good thing. However, we're putting poison into the minds of our youth. And it just seems like there, it just seems like the world is lost and they don't see any correlation whatsoever. I, I would agree a hundred percent. I guess one of the things that I always have to remind myself is that I, I don't expect non non-believers, non-Christians to think like Christians, right? But it's important regardless of what someone's belief is and what their faith is, if you are in charge with, with the, the morals or the, the moral development of, of a group of people, then you must be a filter and you must be a funnel and, and be um, checking what it is that you're allowing, like you said, the, the culture of your programming. The culture of your program is everything that goes on. Like there's not one thing that doesn't affect um, what your your program looks like, you know. Uh, and I and I'm with you 100% on. Okay, we say we want to shed light on social injustice. Okay, let's let's be careful on who we choose to shed that light because if you listen to Jay Z's music, I mean, he he's talking about selling crack. He's talking about you know he objectifies women just like everybody else does, you know. And so it's I, I'm with you on that for sure. Well, I think, and, and you're right. I mean, and this is a Christian podcast. It's, it's man, the objective is to motivate and encourage and, and entertain the Christian coaches out there. And, 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 if there's, and if a guy's listening that's not a Christian, I mean, hopefully we can uh, show them Jesus Christ and that there's a better way. And, and, and we can show – or, you know, redeem the way things are done and you can still be successful in doing the right things. But let's say that I'm not a Christian coach. Let's say I, you know, I'm, I'm not a Christian coach and I coach in the SEC. Not that, not that all those coaches aren't Christians. Uh, I know Gus Malzahn is. Um, but, I mean, you know what I mean? And I'm, I, I'm not a Christian. I, I coach at a very high level. It would still make sense that I don't play this music because I, I desperately need my guys not to smoke dope. I desperately Absolutely. need my guys to respect women because if they don't respect women, they're going to get in major trouble and I'm not going to be able to coach them. I desperately need my guys to be careful about weapons and things like this. But all three of those things in the music that we listen to, uh, and, and you can go to country music who glorifies uh, drinking all the time. Well, if my kids yeah. go out and get drunk, they're going to get in trouble. If my kids go out and smoke dope, they're going to get in trouble. If my kids go out and disrespect women, they're going to get in trouble. If my kids carry a weapon, they're going to get in trouble. In just the past month in August, go back to August 1st, we can see uh, situations in college football in the NFL where all four of those things have gotten guys in trouble. So even yeah. if you're not a Christian coach, this stuff is impacting the culture of your football team. 100%. 100%. And so I so like like you say even if you're not we we need to know if we say that we want these men to be successful while they're in our programs and after they get out of our programs and we have to we have to be like you said shed light on on this topic and be a filter 
you know, saying, hey, look, be careful what you're what you're listening to. Be careful who you're hanging out with, because it, it, it affects your life. And I guess the, the big problem is that so many think so many people think that it doesn't affect your life. Like I can I can listen to these things. I can hang around with these people and have it not have any impact on my life. Absolutely. And, you know, I think as Christians. Our objective is to redeem everything that we touch, right? Like we want to do it a different way. We want to do it in a God honoring and a God glorifying way. And we want to show our players that you can do this with integrity, with class, with humility and do it better than how the world is telling you to do. But I think as high school coaches and even college coaches, but as high school coaches, at the end of the day, if we say we're all about culture and we say we're all about we really want to influence the next generation uh, for, for better, we really are going to have to choose is winning our God or is building these young men, and there might be uh, Christian women coaches out there, or you might coach women, so or building these young women, is that our main objective? Because if winning is our goal, then yeah, I'm really not. I don't want to offend the players. I'm going to play what they want me to play. I don't want them to think I'm a nerd. I need to do everything so that they can play good on Friday night. But if building a, a strong, godly man or woman is my goal, then I'm going to be very diligent in every little thing like the music in my program. Absolutely. And, and I think going along with that, the music in the program, the language that we allow our, our players to use in general, but like with each other, you know, like I'm, I'm in a brand new program this year and I'm, I'm in a Christian school for the first time. And I ha- we have kids that are, are a little bit loose with their, their language, you know, and, and I've, I, I quickly address those things like, look, that's that's not acceptable, especially in in the environment that we're in. Like our standards are much, much higher. Your your language matters. You know, you can't you can't just be just like the world, you know, and it's and it goes back to, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to think differently than what our culture tells us is OK. Absolutely. So, Coach, you know, you're at a Christian school now. And, and you probably had great expectations, like everybody's going to be a saint. They're all going to be little angels when I get there. Or I'm, you know, I've been at a Christian school, and I always think it's funny, you know, when you go play in a, a team in the playoffs, this happens almost, you know, every year, every time. If we go play a team in the playoffs, and, you know, it's an intense game, it's, it's everybody wants to win, both teams want to win, let's say we win. Well, I always – never fails somebody from the other team either emails me or the athletic director or the headmaster and it's always something like well you say you're a christian school but your kids didn't act like christians and and i'm like i always respond back because they're not you know like we want (laughs) them to we want them to be christians their parents want them to be christians we all want this godly young man but he's not there yet and he acts right he, he acts like your kids you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> what if, yeah, 100%. Talk a, little bit, talk a little bit about going from a, a public school environment to uh, a private school environment. And just for the listener to know, 
tell them where you were and where where you are now. You're in Texas. Tell tell them a little background. So I'm I'm in Texas in the Dallas Fort Worth area right now, and I am at Grace Preparatory Academy, which is in Arlington, Texas, and it's a university model school. We only have uh, school or classes on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, but prior to that, I had been at several different schools in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, in Mansfield, and Grapevine, and Keller, and uh, Bur- Birdville ISD. These are all suburban schools around the Fort Worth area. Uh, so my, my first experience at a Christian school, and much like you just said, our, our kids are kids. I think maybe I would say 30% of them are solid believers where you can see the fruit in their life. And then you have another 30% that have been raised in church culture and they know all the language to to speak, but their, their hearts aren't there yet, you know? And so um, the good thing is that now where I am, the standard is higher. The expectations are higher and I can speak freely about Jesus. I can speak freely about, look, this is, this is not what the, we're not meeting the standard right here. We need to keep working hard and, and being, you know, transformed daily to, to work toward that godly standard. And uh, it's been good, um, but it's also been, it, it's also been good in the sense that, that we still have kids, guys and girls in this Christian school setting that need the influence that we can bring as, as teachers and coaches, guiding them toward, toward godly living. Absolutely. And just so the listener knows out there, because I know a lot of my parents listen to this, and, and, and their kids listen to the hip-hop stuff, and they might listen to the hip-hop stuff. The whole goal is, you know, I'm not sitting here trying to judge anyone, but when I listen to lyrics or I read lyrics and they're glorifying drugs, they're glorifying alcohol abuse, they're disrespecting women by calling, referring to women as the B-word. Yes. When, I mean, this is not good, and I'm not going to condone these guys. I don't care if the world approves of them or the world puts them up on a pedestal. If their lyrics, and I always tell our kids this. I said, guys, man, listen. This guy that's singing all this stuff about, he's saying he's glorifying drug abuse and this and this. There's one guy who becomes famous for singing all of that stuff, and thousands are in jail as they actually practically apply that stuff and and money talks right so if you're famous you can keep yourself out of trouble because you got the money but but here's another this is a little bit of a social injustice issue but these but if you go to the streets where this is practically being applied they don't have the money to keep themselves out of jail and and you just talk about this i just want to open up people's eyes to the detriment of uh, and the poison that the music is doing to our youth and it's leading them astray yes 100 percent something i would encourage the parents and kids and coaches alike is that a lot of times it's hard for us to basically try to take something away remove something from from people without giving them kind of a suitable substitution and and i feel like the the good news is is that now more than ever there is good christian hip-hop music there are artists that that glorify god with good beats and catchy lyrics that don't degrade women that don't glorify the the 
a lawless lifestyle and drug use and that kind of a thing, you know? And so um, if anybody ever wanted to know, hey, you know, who do you listen to? Who's, who do you play for your kids? Man, I, I, would, I would love to share that stuff with people. All right, so coach, here's the deal. So uh, you can go, I don't know if you've looked at it yet, but go to redeemthegame.com. And uh, okay. I don't make any money off of it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I yep. just created the website because I wanted a spot for people to go uh, to for just if you're a Christian coach or whatever. So there's there's a music section on there. There's a blog on there. There's a book section on there. The front page is just current, basically current, relevant articles. There's a culture page on there. Go look at it. And here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to... Uh, to, to join my team of coaches and um, you can write blogs, you can send me the music and I'll, I'll put the music up there that you're talking about. And because because on my football team, my players are starting to go, because I am putting some uh, Christian rap on there if I find some good stuff. My players are starting to go to the website and listen to the stuff. And um, That's awesome. And so you're probably way more in tune than I am. So if you find some stuff and you want me to put it on the website, like I'm asking you to join a uh, partner with us and, um, and, 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 and help us get that stuff out there for the, for people. It, it'd be my honor. Well, that's, um, shoot. When we're done, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to send you my cell phone number and, uh, then you can start texting me all that stuff. So, um, well, Coach, man, um, my class is about to come in. It's game day. Um, you mind if I pray for you as we head out? No, please do. Awesome. Lord, we come before you today. just want to praise and thank you for uh, loving us. Lord, I praise and thank you uh, for Coach Niebuhr and what he's doing, uh, Lord. And we talk about redeeming the game or transforming the game, however we want to say it. Uh, Lord, it takes Christians to stand up and say and speak truth. Like this stuff is not good, and that's what He's doing. And Lord, I appreciate Him, and I just pray You continue to bless Him, Lord, at the schools he, He's at, and take care of His boys. Talked about it being 115 or 100 degrees or whatever it was. Lord, just take care of His players, and Lord, give them a great football season. We what we pray for is that each player uh, would reach their full potential, and their team would reach their full potential. And Lord, ultimately. Uh, all the players would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, appreciate it, man. Amen. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. No need to run from the truth We need to come to understand Ephesians 1 We see and love the Father predestined We seem to have a problem with the doctrine of election We keep stressing and leave guessing Leading to depression Because it's God's love we question We'll sit back and take a deep breath And exhale, let's set sail The word of God is refreshing Let's be real with it The Bible obviously talks about predestination So we gotta deal with it I'll be your fake attorney by his grace to mercy and present my case so let's take a journey for the sake of learning first turn to romans 8 28 through 30 zooming in on verse 29 read the first line those who ain't foreknew he also 
are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son exhibit number one people try to use an argument like a common sense concerning the foreknowledge of god thinking the logic fits dudes are saying he looked out into the future ages with illumination seeing all that which is salvation and those men were chosen by god because they chose him but that's not what the passage has spoken it says those he foreknew he predestined if he foreknew everybody is everyone predestined is everyone his object of affection if so what's the point of the doctrine of election it's spiritual but let me make it plain so you see the miracle and praise his name instead of taking his grace in vain it isn't complicated we all evaded the god that made us and traded in his truth for a lie worshiping what god created more than god who was glorified corroborated our death our lives are an abomination but if the father's aim is to bestow mercy then it's not to say that he was obligated but that god is gracious is god's enemies we deserve to be crushed we're dirty enough to be eternally cursed and turn into dust and if he did it he would be perfectly just to murder me but he decided to show mercy to us i didn't choose god god chose me gave me a new heart and it wasn't because i was holy but if i chose g-o-d then god owes me the only reason i first walked through them church doors in psalm 65 verse 4 why do i know god matthew 11 27 says it best in those that have been predestined keep pressing it's a deep message i only see blessing in election i'ma see the blessing yo it's not even a question how god in his perfection wrote the doctrine of election yeah god in his perfection wrote the doctrine of election because he's sovereign there's no question and they got some people stressing but no option but election can account for our protection godly direction nor perfected bodily resurrection yo don't let the thinking of modern men fool you god does what he wants that's what it means to be sovereign ruler it's deep and not complicated with complete confidence i'll state it peep it it's how god has always operated he's the greatest fam his amazing plan made his hand saved the man abraham from a pagan land who can argue with the people that god chooses israel and not egypt peter and not judas humanly speaking it should have been saul and not david the inheritance should have been esau's and not jacob the truth it speaks rightly so you can see rightly a huge mighty god who chooses is the least likely still some contested as a phony doctrine but if we're really dead in sin predestination is the only option yeah. with reservations they fume inside this hesitation because it's devastating to human pride this truth is the sober kind that you're prone to find in passages like romans 9 is so divine it'll blow your mind we are the clay and we've been formed by the potter none can come to the sun unless they're drawn by the father but god draws everybody that's what some cats say it can't be that way because all who are drawn are raised on the last day because of original sin and all of our despicable deadness within election must be unconditional then yeah, some yeah. people say that we were drowning in the ocean barely floating until god threw us the rope then our free will helped us as we grow our faith is the hand that grabbed the rope and god put us back in the boat no without apology i deny that analogy reality we were dead at the bottom of the sea i was a swollen corpse with hope no more till jehovah the lord dove from the shore to the ocean floor yeah i was a corpse and i smelt like I'll keep it simple. Why did God choose me? Because he felt like it. He brought me out, not an act of my volition. Breathed life into my lungs and didn't ask for my permission. Throughout the Bible, there's major examples of this. Pages of passages like the raising of Lazarus rather than debating the master's gift. We should be happily praising his magnanimous saving of savages. It's time we see God's sovereignty and his primacy, his holy dynasty, running things by divine decree. Why does he choose some and not others to see Jesus? Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases.